Let us take a sightseeing tour. A day in ennui. The great city began as a cluster of tradesmen's villages. Only the names remain unchanged. The bricklayer's quarter, the butcher's arcade, pickpocket cul-de-sac. Like every living city, Ennui supports a menagerie of vermin and scavengers. You don't want to add a flower shop or no, an I don't. a pretty place of some kind. I hate flowers. All right, I'm ready to go. You're I'm good? ready to rock. Welcome to Ennui. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again. We're Matt and Bob. We're here to pod about the French Dispatch, and you're listening to the Analysis. Bob, thank you for joining me. It's uh, it's nice to be invited back on the pod, you know, after uh, you guys snuck in a Dune episode <laughs> there. Yeah. It's good to be back on. Welcome to Ennui. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, I got to give a shout out to friend of the pod, my friend Peter Hunkin, actually. He brought it to my attention the other day. He's like, you know, I was disappointed not to, not to get you on the... Uh, the Dune podcast. I was like, yeah, I know. They, they, they got that out there before <laughs> it was even in theaters. I didn't think you were um, going to go see it. Oh, man. No, I was. Uh, so let's I let's mean, let the people. Let's let Peter, loyal listener. Let's let the people before we get into French Dispatch. I mean, there's a Chalamet connection here, so it's yeah, still relevant. Yeah, yeah. What were your takes <laughs> on Dune? Because I was lukewarm. I, I was blown away by the scope and scale. I mean, I went I went to a theater. I think it's in. It's insane that it's available in people's homes, and I think it's doing it a disservice. But uh, fair, very it's, fair point. It's too it's too tempting to not take a gummy and watch it uh, on your couch. Yeah. I, I, I get it. <laughs> very tempting to touch. Got totally legal. Um, yeah, got a little legal. But no, this is this is like one of the biggest movies of the year. It's I mean, God, it was incredible in theaters. I I I've seen the original movie. Which is weird, uh, and my, but like you said on the pod, my my only really interaction with the with the franchise is a South Park uh, the spice episode, the spice melange. But no, you got the Hans Zimmer score, you got this gorgeous. Honestly, I could see. I'm tempted to lock this movie in. Oh my! For almost for almost every like, I I could see this doing like a Mad Max Fury Road run, technical run, yeah, all the techs. The 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 set design, the cinematography, the score, I I I was really taken in, and I'm so excited for the next one. Okay. Um. Fair enough. Anyway, that's that's my my my, my quick take in two seconds. So I I thought it was I thought it delivered. I thought it was exciting. I thought it. Uh, we need more. We need know. more movies like that to be successful. Absolutely. Original. Mm-hmm. I mean, original in in a way. I know it's not. Totally, or for, totally for new 60 IP. Sixty years, an impossible to film movie, and then you can kind of, you like, you needed the technology to catch up to really capture the scope and scale. And uh, for for someone having, I mean, the whole politics, the stuff, like it, I think it does a pretty good job of get, getting you on board pretty quickly, uh, and kind of trimming the fat of what 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 I've learned from the books is a large amount of politics and. Empire, uh, emperor, and mm-hmm. two warring factions. I, I thought, you know, we focus more on the the Jesus journey of the Chalamet character, but I don't know. I I just I was really into it, and uh, I think it maybe it lulls in in the after the first hour. I think mm-hmm. maybe you have this big battle scene, and then there's like this long, you know, Lawrence of Arabia, yeah. Arabia in the desert thing. And I think that that was your critique with it. But anyway, uh, let's get into why we're here. The French Dispatch, the tenth film from our boy Wes Anderson, uh, is excited. I mean, we so we had the cinematographer on just about a year. What 
the in back in February before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah right before the pandemic. Uh, and uh, we got to chat with him a, a briefly on this because they had obviously wrapped production, and he gave us a little insight. And uh, uh, Richard Yeoman, shout out, friend of the pot. Robert Yeoman. Robert, Robert. Take it back. I I we'll edit mistake. out. I, I think I made that mistake when I, introdu- <laughs> I introduced him in the interview. Uh, Robert Yeoman um, showing his stuff. And, yeah, so they would film, and then uh, Wes would take the crew, you know, the, the little summer camp they have on these productions, and be like, hey, uh, I want everybody to watch these, you know, movies from the 40s. And and then the next day, Robert would be like, you know, actually, uh, I watched that movie. I, I think we could shoot this scene like that. and. You could tell, man, right away. There's like you're so in that world with with the French Dispatch. It looks like at times you're watching, you know, French movies from the '40s. But but what was your overall impression? Yeah, I think this is a multiple view movie. I also oh, yeah. think it's a love or hate movie. Like I'm not going to be recommending this to people who don't have strong feelings in a positive way towards Wes Anderson. <laughs> I think it's very stylized. You could make an argument it's style over substance because the vignettes and you don't get uh, as emotionally invested with the core characters the same way you do with like a life aquatic or the same way that you do with the grand budapest hotel so you have to really this is a one of the most wordy and wes anderson e the type most of wes anderson movie for sure yeah it's so ornate it's like this visualized um dollhouse it's like yeah. the most meticulous it's the most uh microscopic precision and then, yeah, everything. There's like shit happening yeah. in three layers in every scene. It's 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 so three dimensional in term, but it's also kind of two D at the same time. But yeah. there's so many different layers to these scenes, and everybody is doing something, and it's so hard to focus. And every little inch is is obviously considered. Yeah, every every bit is dissected to the most critical detail like there's no there's nothing that has not been factored very very similar to any wes anderson movie and to your point it's very like it's like mini movies and that's very french right and and so wes Mm -hmm. anderson when he makes a movie whether it's darjeeling and you're going to get kind of an, an indian film style or you get an austrian film style over here but this is this is his kind of ode to french music move french movies and you get these mini movies within it to where in, in a given scene, it might go from black and white to color, and you get Saoirse Ronan's eyes, or you'll get, like, live action to this, like, standing, really cool, almost theatrical tableaus, where it looks like a freeze frame, but there's little small movements within the actors to where you could tell they're just holding a fire extinguisher that looks like it's exploding. It, you know what that reminded me of, those tableaus? Those scenes were great. Was the slow motion in... Goodwill Hunting, where they just they they had all the actors like mime a fight almost in slow motion, and it was like very much like the actors being in that freeze frame in this movie reminded me of that in a really fun way. But then they'd cut to like an animated like a just a two D animation, and it's just like all this all of these different things happening all the time. It it, it keeps it fresh, but the narrative is kind of what it, it's kind of blocked. 
you've you felt the yeah narratives were lacking well all right i mean so the film is a love letter to journalists right that's like the tag it's clearly um a i mean so it's it's everything that wes anderson loves 40s french cinema uh meticulously designed clothing and and the new yorker uh, so and this characters is, that speak very poetically writers that yeah. can speak very poetically yeah uh, the the fictional town that it's based off, if you have it, Uni sur Blase, which translates to boredom and apathy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, everything is there. You, you know, you, we get uh, Owen Wilson right right away. Is you know riding this little bike. I, Such so a just, good bit, it, him going down the fucking stairs. Oh yeah. fuck! Oh wow! wow. Uh, I I I don't. I found it so charming. And, and it, it yes, yeah, so Wes Anderson, like, this is such a movie for his fans. And it's also just him just, just, these are all my interests. Look, look at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I mean, I thought it was kind of fun. I see your point. But, you know, any one of these three main stories, and we start with, like, a little mini one with Owen Wilson. But what was that? The Cycling Reporter, me going to Concrete Masterpiece, Revisions to a Manifesto, the Chalamet piece uh, with McDermott. Uh, my girl Francis, who won yeah, me yeah, okay. the challenge, <laughs> and then my uh, butt still the feels like it's on a goddamn <laughs> bucket. I wonder if that bucket's still out there in that field. We gotta go back. <laughs> Yearly pilgrimage. <laughs> <laughs> the private dining room of the police commissioner. Do you have a favorite of these? Yes. By the way? Yeah. So yeah. So it's basically well, there's an obituary, a travel guide, and then three briefs features that's the way they they tee it up in the beginning so the uh my favorite was the concrete masterpiece with okay so i thought that that was really strong i i just loved i think adrian brody this is he, he's always really fun in these. Like I, I really don't care for Adrian Brody much when he's not. In well, no one Anderson. uses him. I mean, he was great in uh, Dice, but uh... yeah, and the pianist. <laughs> but no, but nobody, nobody else is casting Adrian Brody. But he's hilarious in these Wes Anderson movies. He's, he's so great at this like dickish, um, uh, mustache twirling art douchebag. Yeah, uh, you know, Grand Budapest. He was hilarious. Um, uh, and then um, in this one, he's like the same. He's so good in these roles. Yeah. Uh, plus, we get some like solid Leah Sadu horn shots. Leah uh, Sadu, your girl from. It feels like everyone that's been in a movie the last three weeks is also in this movie. Like yeah. she, she's obviously in Bond, and then she's here. And I thought she was really great. I thought her Jeffrey character... Wright was in Bond. Christoph Waltz was in Bond. He yeah, and they're all here. Bond. Yeah, and then you've got Chalamet, who was in Dune, which is which is also here. But I thought she was really great. I thought that Benicio del Toro yeah. was really cool. I, I I think he was he was probably my favorite character in the whole movie. Maybe him or Jeffrey Wright. I think I don't know. I I almost think <laughs> Adrian Brody might be my favorite. Where they finally get in, they're like, "Oh fuck, I've done it! It's a masterpiece." <laughs> I fucking did it! Like, clearly yeah. shocked the at all The immediate reaction. He's barely even looked at the art. And he's put it into load-bearing walls. Um, uh, actually, Sneaky Good was Tilda Swinton as well. Yeah. Uh, the the presenter of the, the piece, like the framing device. She was really funny. Always this great, weird character actor in these Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Um, Winkler's in this scene. Or uh-huh. in this in this vignette here, I, I just yeah he plays almost fun. a wordless um, what, bumbling uh, rich fuck yeah uh, benefactor yeah benefactor yeah 
Yeah, when I saw Winkler, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, they, they, I always love the, the new people that get added into the, the Wes Anderson world. So Yeah, the, 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 the club. That one um, was, to me, the, narratively, the one I was most connected to, the one I was laughing the most at, the one I was right. enjoying the most. I think the second one for me was... Yeah, if the, you were to chart the laughs. Yeah, chart the laughs. Hilarious. That one definitely had the most laughs. To me, Jeffrey Wright's the police the the person who has this passion not just for food and tastes but just for what they mean to us culturally and he also yeah. has this photographic memory where he can basically typographic. typographic yeah where he can recite anything he's ever written and that was just such a cool way to get into that vignette it's just like oh well that was probably the most you. interesting the most interesting visually too, right? Because yeah, we, we get the animation halfway in, um, which to sidetrack real quick, apparently Wes Anderson, instead of storyboarding, he creates little animated cartoons, pieces, yeah. cartoons that he does all the voices for. Uh, I just learned that Leah Sadu, in learning about the nude scenes, because he was kind of shy to talk about them, which simply showed her this animation he made where he was doing all the voices and like showing the poses mm-hmm. like, animated. Uh, and that's how he was able to essentially direct his actors instead of having to talk. Hey, look, I need you to get naked. I need you to get naked. Yeah. Um, but no, but then uh, when he's like with uh, with Lee Shriver as well as this interviewer, um, it was like this cool, what, 60s mm-hmm. bright color setup. And then it was like the most different. It was the most striking in terms of visually. Um, another shout out to Yeoman on that one. But then we go right into the black and white. And then it's it's more of like the everything is centered in the frame. Mm-hmm, it has got frame. a lot of headspace, but that was kind of more of a cool, like like it felt like you know the the big cameras on dollies from like the uh, '60s talk show. And that one, you also get this really cool bit in the introduction where he's going to do the sit down with the police chief or commissioner, whoever the guy is, and he's basically walking through multiple sets in one tracking feature where he's going through that house. And you go into the kitchen and everything like that. And it, those are just those theatrical magic tricks that Wes Anderson brings to you that it just, you, your jaws on the floor. And, it, and it's nothing narrative, it's just all technical and style. But you're just like, wow, how cool was that? And I, and so that one to me, I thought was pretty cool. And it also, I think, I like the way that it, it wraps up with the, the poison and the, chef at the end of it i can't remember the name of the japanese chef but he goes I, nescoffier that was nescoffier and he's like that was the that was the first time i've tasted something new that doesn't happen to me anymore and it had this bitterness and the way he poetically talks about <laughs> the new taste i was like that was fucking awesome man it's like, just like art in different killed. ways right i love that where it's like this guy's tasted everything except deathly poison and he he's loved like, it <laughs> it was like great it's something new you know and it's just it, it just speaks to all of the different ways that art manifests itself you've got like a literal artist you've got these these poets you've got the chalamet with with his manifesto in the way that they are able to to work their poetry and then you've also got this the chef and his food and mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that celebration as well well yeah Wes Anderson he always celebrates artists and renegades and uh, and and yeah the poets like I mean Rushmore the guys you know he's hey I, I I just wrote a new hit play is kind of the new hey would you listen to my podcast here's a magnet <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, that's what it is <laughs> um but he, he's all the characters they're always they're they're intellectuals that they they enjoy, yeah. They enjoy the arts and 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 fine dining and and 
reading the New Yorker mm-hmm. and even the kids in Moonrise Kingdom, you know, uh, had all these sort of uh, literary interests in the pen pal aspect. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. What do you think of Revisionist Manifesto? Because we've already kind of yeah. said that was our third place, but... That we're... that one, yeah, I did kind of find myself checking out slightly. Um, I don't know what, why or what it was. It just... Um, yeah, something about it didn't didn't really strike me. Of the three, I was yeah the the least interested in in the storyline. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. It just didn't really stay with me. Because that also had a lot of firepower just with the two stars, and then you have this odd romantic relationship, which should lend itself to some decent comedy. I chuckled a little bit. I I really liked the line when she tells the two young lovers to go off and have sex, and he goes to the girl and he says, I'm a virgin, well, outside of Francis. And she's like, knew it. I figured. That makes sense. That (laughs) That was a nice little laugh. But yeah. I mean, what I mean, what do you expect? You're you're sleeping with an 18 year old as like yeah. a, a woman in your 50s. I mean, yeah. what uh, <laughs> or whatever. However, old the character is supposed to be. He comes out but, clutching I mean, his balls like me going into the field to take my shit. Is clutching his balls to give her <laughs> to his manifesto. His, or oh yeah, to give her the manifesto. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. yeah, the most the most French Chalamet has ever been. You know, a little pencil pin mustache yeah. uh, smoking a cigarette in the bath. Um. Just, I mean, seven Oscar winners in the cast. This guy just gets whoever he wants all the time. And I think when we were when we were doing the interview with Yeoman, I think we we both said that you know Grand Budapest is kind of the culmination of this team's talents, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, they they now have like a like a great core of actors. It's not just the uh, Wilson brothers. Um, it's it's you know. A, Bill Murray is so integral to a Wes Anderson picture at this point. You know, he's he's here doing Bill Murray things as, uh, you know, playing essentially the Harold yeah. Ross character who the founding editor of The New Yorker. Um, but if it feels like this, everyone has, everyone's having so much fun in these pictures. Um, I feel like this one got a little, it's a little too far. So like, you know, you got Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, and then you got like the quirky sort of uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Isla Dogs, Grand Budapest is kind of like a cool, almost bridging as a, of a gap. And this is just going the other side of the the hill here, where it's just it's basically an animation, an animated film mm-hmm. in its quirkiness. Do Do you see him like going back and doing like another, like a Rushmore, like a, I mean. I don't know. People consider uh, Royal Tenenbaums to kind of be his masterpiece. Really? I I just hear... That's the cool thing about Wes Anderson is you can talk to 10 different people and and someone's has an affection for a different one of his movies, right? And I think this one, to me, seemed to be the most, I really don't give a fuck. I'm going to do whatever I want. Like, Like, not that there's a lot of producer fingerprints on any of his movies like they all very much feel like his movies but this one is is totally i can do whatever i want and come come if you want and i think he's built in such a following now to where at this point like i don't really know anyone that's going to see this movie that's not already a huge fan and isn't going to sign up for for this type of a movie right and i mean yeah i think it could go anywhere yeah, well, I guess it's basically him and what Tarantino, right? Like they have their cult following, and maybe every once in a while, 
there will be something that breaks away from their core demographic. Like, you know, I think Grand Budapest is probably his most successful. Um, and then I think also with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that did that make Tarantino hit the most money? But, um, I mean, his he's got this movie coming up next, what, Asteroid City, which I don't really know too much about other than it might be his, like, biggest production uh, so far. And I, I mean, look at this cast. Uh Margot Robbie, Tom Hanks, wow, Adrian yeah. Brody, Scarlett Johansson, Tilda Swinton again, Brian Cranston. I mean, this. My boy. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I don't really know too much about it. Other than, plot unknown, rumored to be a love story set in Europe. Um, there you go. But this plot unknown, the 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 IMDb early stages of any Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, plot unknown. Exactly. Lots of actors doing Wes Anderson stuff. Yeah. But filming locations in Spain, Madrid, and and I mean, anyway, so. This could be his return to maybe a more blockbustery movie, but uh, I, I mean, I could watch a Wes Anderson movie all yeah. day, like any day. Like uh, French Dispatch, give, just give me like the quirky, funny, uh, old school, you know, like, so I don't have to go back and watch all these 40s French films. I get to see what Wes Anderson enjoys. You get about the cliff them. notes. Yeah. And yeah. I think. And and I really do like. Have you ever have you ever worked in any sort of? I know I know you went to broadcasting school in college, but did you ever write on a paper or anything? Because they do have this this cool thing. I was I was on the Kimball Knights, uh, the Lancer is what we called it, our school paper. Oh, nice! But it did kind of make me smile. All all of the writers in the bay at the end, but just the process of being assigned an article and digging for a story, and you've got the foods and the politics and the art sections, and yeah, I, I just thought that was really cool. And and I love the Bill Murray line: "Try to make it sound like you wrote it that way on purpose." I got that. <laughs> Wait, Try to make it well, sound cause... like you wrote it that way on purpose, and he gives that note to all of his writers. <laughs> yeah, wasn't oh, does he really? Because I, I only me- I only remember it the one time with Owen but Wilson. Did... I think he I think he gives it to um, the Jeffrey Wright as well, and I, I, I I'm assuming... well because the Jeffrey the Jeffrey Wright one because he he's kind of hell he's being held in that cell right, and he uh, mm-hmm. he gives he gives him the the piece of paper and essentially gives him an audition, but he's in jail, so his only means of writing this what is. It's like a book report. Feces? Yeah, yeah. Is that where we're supposed to? Oh, I don't. I, maybe I missed that, but he's like, you know, but by any means necessary, uh, give me five hundred words and and try to make it sound like you wrote like yeah. that on purpose. Um, what I I liked that watching this movie was like reading the New Yorker. You start off in color and then you flip the page and it goes to black and white. Oh and shit! Then, I didn't even that... realize that. I also can have to admit to you that I've never read the New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know if I've. I've 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 leafed through a few, but I I do enjoy the cartoons, which is probably why West loves them. Most famous for right, and then mm-hmm. the, the little caricature drawing, like J- Jason Schwartzman, he's just the guy that does the little the piece of shit drawings. Yeah. Car- <laughs> but that's great. That's it's very New Yorker. It's mm-hmm. very you know Upper East Side. Of all of the movies Wes Anderson has done, this is the poster I would most like to hang on my wall. Because uh-huh. they have that style of animation with all of the different characters inside of that, basically building that they do the publication out of. So it's really cool. It's great. It's it's very much what like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's that kind of the inspiration for yeah. that. Um, no, I thought this was a lot of fun. You know, it's it not really uh, necess- It doesn't necessitate much uh, deep philosophical uh critique is just 
It's just super Wes Anderson-y. Yeah. It's, moving, <laughs> it's, it's moving very fast. I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch some. I think I got about 65% of the bits in this. And so uh-huh. yeah, when it's available for me to watch at home, maybe get a little legal with the gummy and go back and watch. Oh, there watch you go. Again. I would definitely like to revisit. Do you, uh, do you want to do a quick, I mean, I'm kind of popping this on you. Do you have a top five Wes Anderson you would want to? Yeah, I think I can run it down here with, without too much thought. Grand Budapest is number one. I would say Life Aquatic is number two. Moonrise Kingdom is number three. I would say Tenenbaum's four. And I'm between Rushmore or Fantastic Mr. Fox for five. How about yourself? Yeah, that's pretty uh, – so mine's a little bit – I mean, we, so we have the we have the, the top two the same. Um, yeah, Grand Budapest for me, number one. That's like the most – the hardest I've laughed is the most I've rewatched and will continue to do so. It, it, I will, I always liked watching that movie. Uh, Life Aquatic, just the, mo- you, you get peak Bill Murray. He's like the, the, his star vehicle for mm-hmm. Wes Anderson. I mean, what, what a great, yeah, Ned Plimpton. um, but yeah, number, so number five for me, I think is fantastic. Mr. Fox. It's just it's so good. So f- funny and charming and like i I rewatched it recently when we were leading up to that interview and just had a blast with it um for giving after giving it a second chance i really like um um uh the uh the darjeeling limited really it's like a great adventure you know it's like wes anderson does tommy boy you know these these three brothers just on the road uh i it's so much funnier than what i had given it credit for initially um and then three i think is rushmore i'll have to go back and watch darjeeling again because i think i've only seen it a couple times and maybe i was in the wrong headspace or had different expectations but it didn't connect with me as much but the, the way you're talking about it is you're selling me on Tommy Boy meets Wes Anderson. So I, and well, Rushmore's it's just, great. You know, the, the, he, he makes, he does family members so well and you get uh, Owen Wilson pitch perfect, kind of the older brother of Jason Schwartzman, Adrian Brody, the three of them, their chemistry and dynamic is just really fun to watch. Um, and then you get, you know, you get this kind of exotic scene and locale and it's, um, so you didn't have Tenenbaums most- on yours though. No, yeah, I did. Wow. Um, okay. Which uh, everyone, that, which is what I'm saying, everyone really loves that movie and considers it, you know, his magnum op- opus. But uh, I, I just don't, I don't. Every time I've watched it, I don't really have that much fun. You know, there's, there's something like Pagoda I, keeps stabbing him, Royal, and you don't think, okay, I'm oh, sorry, I'll just no, I'll no, let no. You share it's, your it, thoughts. It's, uh, I'm sure it's uh, eminently quotable, but you know, there's something like Rushmore where it's like. You know, you get Luke Wilson at the dinner table there, and he's like, "Hey, bud, nice nurse's uniform." Oh, actually, they're OR scrubs. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, just, just little like stuff like that. I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I'll have to. I, at some point, I need to go back and rewatch uh, Royal Tenenbaums because I know there's a lot in there. Then, and then, you know, uh, Yeoman was obviously really proud of it, and all yeah. like the tracking shots they do with like that that car crash segment. But anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of my slightly controversial top five. That is, th- th- that's those a hot are, take top five. Not having ten the, bombs in there. They're they're just the five that I I have the most fun rewatching at this point. Fair enough. Kinda... Yeah, that's where I had my heart go. That's where it, where where it led me. Well, awesome. Yeah, but uh, definitely a recommend. I mean, this is seventy four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 
which I think is fair because it's probably alienating about 25% of people that maybe aren't into Wes Anderson. Yeah. But with a, a cast like this and just like a guy who's just um, fully laid out into his uh, own created dynamic yeah. and universe, it's, yeah, he's... He's got his structure. Yeah, he's got his structure and he, he knows what works and he keeps delivering the goods, man. So let's take yeah. a minute here before we say goodbye and just appreciate that we have some good movies coming out in theaters. Oh, absolutely. You got Dune there for you, French Dispatch. We got things coming out throughout the winter here that we can be excited. No time to die. No time uh, to die. Ghostbusters coming out in a couple weeks. <laughs> Can't wait. And then there, there's more. There's new PTA, uh, yeah. Licorice Pizza, which kind of looks like Boogie Days. I've been listening uh, to that song, Life on Mars. I've just been listening to it a lot in my mixes. It just gets stuck in my head. Yeah, Mom, I love it. Mom beating up the wrong guy. Mm. <laughs> and David Bowie featured very much in Life Aquatic, in that song. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Queen bitch, I think a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, cool, man. Yeah, great to chat with you about uh, um, an exciting theatrical release, uh, an auteur we admire, just a really well-written, um, intimate art precise kind of considered film that isn't about people in capes kicking each other's ass for two hours thank Fair god <laughs> and with that said play me out with some life on mars Hayes. hey all right everybody thank you guys for giving us a listen don't forget to subscribe write a review if you feel compelled to wash your hands stay safe and we will see you down the road bye Oh